Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Self-care is not selfish. And like the best thing I can do for my kids is take care of me. Because if I show up feeling calm, feeling peaceful, feeling rested, feeling strong, you know, um, I am the best, most patient mother ever. Welcome to Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens, and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now, don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the OYMB podcast. This is Jen Fairbanks. I'm your host today, and I am delighted to introduce to you one of the newest members of the OYMB team. Michelle Sabrin is an American coach. Um, well, she has a lot of lot of different uh, qualifications and experiences, and I will let her tell you about them herself. But we are very happy to have her on our team. She is absolutely fantastic and a joy to speak to. So I can't wait to speak with her on the podcast today with you guys. Michelle, welcome. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> Great. I love your background. It makes it makes me feel very bad about my 
very dull background. You got to. <laughs> it's very Moorish to look at. <laughs> it was a little bit of a happy accident, but I'm going with it. <laughs> I think you do good, right? Well, you know, it's been three weeks since you joined us and we haven't scared you off so far. So you're liking it so far? Yes, I'm <laughs> very, very much so. Great team, great people, great mission. I love it all. Very, very excited. Great. Now, in the introduction, I told uh, I told uh, our audience that you are one of our new coaches, but your uh, credentials reaches way far beyond that. So how about you do your introduction and tell us about you, where are you from, a little bit of a backstory up until how you got where you are now here with us. Okay. Um, I'll try to make this short. <laughs> um, so I'm from Long Island, New York, born and raised. I still live in Long Island and um, one of five children in my family. Went to college in the Bronx, New York City. And I graduated with a business degree, started working immediately after college. I've actually been working since I was 10, so I'm a worker. Um, worked in corporate America for 34 years and spent 21 of those years working in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, medical device, uh, diagnostics. Um, I really found my place, I think, when I started managing a team of people. Um, so I managed um, a sales team for about 16 years. And I absolutely loved it, thrived at that, was very successful. And um, as I went through my journey, I actually became a manager and a mother within the same months. I was eight months pregnant when I got promoted to my management job. And uh, I said, there's maybe no accidents because it's something about being a manager and a mom that has you know, a lot of similarities. And um, uh, my, my son was born and that was very life-changing moment for me because he had special needs. Um, I was a happy, uh, I was elated the first two days and then he went into the NICU and that was pretty much life-changing from that point forward. He had a lot of medical issues and, and things changed for me. So even as I say that, I feel the anxiety rising and um, I was a young worried mother for many years. And then I had a second child four years later um, she also had some special needs. So they were very much part of my life changing journey. And I got to a point in my life, um, when I felt really frazzled and overwhelmed extremely. And so what happened was I really, I, I found yoga and yoga really helped change, change that mentally and physically. It was really, um, almost more for the philosophy and the, and the mental journey, um, than the physical, but it was really a combination. And I fell in love with yoga, started doing that um, regularly. And then I always wanted to be a teacher, but could never find the time to do a teacher training uh, with my busy life. And so eventually I did, and I, <clears throat> and I absolutely loved it. I've been teaching yoga now for seven years. And then through that training, I discovered, um, I read a lot of books, I love reading and uh, spiritual books and motivational books. Even back in the day when I was an early corporate person, I was a Dale Carnegie fan, did the Dale Carnegie program, did Strength Finders, all that type of stuff. And then, um, and so after my yoga journey, I, I was really sitting and thinking about what I love most about my job, my corporate job. And it was really about helping people, like nurturing my team and really helping them find work-life balance, 
helping them achieve their goals in life in terms of their career. And uh, I help, you know, them get promoted and leave my team. I was all about, I didn't want to keep them on my team if they had bigger and better things to do. And I love to help them do that. So I said, I read this one book and I said, I need to go, I need to be a life coach. And, uh, and that's when I started researching life coaching programs. I found an amazing program in Manhattan. Um, it was almost a year long program. It was phenomenal. So I absolutely found my home when I started uh, doing coaching. And then shortly after I graduated from my coaching program, a friend of mine who owns a wellness center, she's a psychotherapist, she's extremely talented. Um, and she has all kinds of modalities under this you know, wellness center that she opened. And she said, we need a recovery coach. And uh, would you like to work with our recovery program? So it's a really amazing program they have that helps people with financial need that are suffering from addiction. Um, and uh, they apply for the program. If they get accepted, they get you know, everything for free, the psychotherapy, the coaching, the meditation, hypnotherapy, massage, acupuncture, energy healing, all kinds of things. So it's a beautiful program. Um, and they asked me to do a specific training about on recovery. So I went for a 30 hour recovery uh, coaching training and I started working through their program, which I found very fulfilling to work with these clients that in very, very many cases were really desperate. And um, it's just amazing what happens when, when you get to a point in your life that there's no other options. People find a way and it's beautiful to watch. So I've been really happy um, you know, with that. And then I did a training, another coaching training called um, Internal Family Systems. And that was about a year long program that ended right after COVID started. So, um, you know, that was really interesting. And that's where I met Liz Baird and Liz is a coach with OYNB. And uh, just ironically, maybe a few months back, she sent out like a generic email, like trying to recruit some of the coaches, anyone that might be interested in working for OYNB. And I responded to this email that I actually found in my spam folder. So I said the universe was calling because I would not have found this. I don't check my spam folder on a regular basis. So I said to stay open to the possibilities. And I was like, what is this? And I opened it and I said, there's something about this just seemed like such a perfect fit for me. Even the time slots, Liz said, you know, you, have, you make sure you're available, you know, these time slots in the evenings. If not, please don't respond. And I'm like, ironically, you know, with everything, you know how scheduling can be crazy these days. I said, I'm actually available every one of those time slots. Something was uh, meant to be. So here I am. And uh, I started my first huddle <laughs> two weeks ago and it really felt comfortable. I, I really, you know, I know I'll get even more comfortable with it, but um, I felt like, uh, yeah, I can do this. This is going to be a really good learning for me. And the part that's really going to be a learning is this uh, technology thing, podcasting, getting on social media, <laughs> which is not my forte. <laughs> so I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone. And here I am. <laughs> so thanks for having me. That's amazing. No, great. I love that. And also to be said here, but just because, before we logged on here, we had major tech issues on my end. And I thought I knew tech and I, the husband was involved. Like, so like you never, once you think you get used to it, you got this thing nailed, something changes. And then you just feel old and, you know, 
like you're behind anyway. So, you know, let's just say that just throw yourself in there with social media as well. And just like, just know that it's going to change and you're, you're going to feel confused in a couple of days again. <laughs> um, but I love that. I mean, everything that you, you've been going through, I mean, I love believing in, you know, every, the universe has a purpose for us. And I really think that everything has been leading up to you ending up here now and finding us in the spam um, spam mailbox, especially. But okay. I I mean, the qualifications that you have, I think it, it, it's great. It's a great addition for, for our team. Uh, and, you know, and that deep knowledge that you have. But I think for me, let's see what you think of this. But for me, coaches uh the best coaches are the coaches that have been through adversity themselves they've had the struggle they've you know and a lot of them are inclined to go towards coaching i think as well but for me whenever i've had a coach it's always the coaches that have seen real struggle and really had to fight hard um and kind of got themselves through it that i find are just the best guides for 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 oneself what do you think about that do you agree with that Yes, I, you know, I can't agree more. Actually, it's interesting, because even in my yoga class, like yoga, similarly, you know, draws people in that have had crisis, you know, and there was eight women in this group, and four of them were really young, like in their 20s. And, and the other four of us were over 40, you know. And so it was like a diverse group of, mm -hmm. you know, young and young and older. And, you know, as an older person, sometimes you look at a young person thinking, Oh, you know, how much could they have been through? You know, they're so young, you know, they haven't seen life yet. And you'd be shocked. I never judge a person, you know, their stories were, you know, mind boggling, you know, some of the trauma that these women have been through in, a, in their short life. And um, so you never know, but I totally agree. Every single one of us had a story. And um, similarly in coaching mm. that, you know, um, when you sign up for coaching, you think I'm going to learn how to coach people. That's like a little bit of your mindset. And as you go through the program, you realize, oh, no, this is all about me transforming myself. Yes, um, and so it is so true. <laughs> yes. And so every time I have to remember when I'm there, when I'm going into a coach, I'm not there to solve anyone's problems. I'm just there to sort of be the light that shines on them so that they can see uh, they can see their own, you know, divinity, their own strengths, their own, you know, I help them to see themselves is really what it is. But um, but I don't solve their problems. They solve their problems. All their answers are inside. Yeah. Them, you know, so um, yeah, that's I what that. I love about it. But yes, and every day as a coach or a yoga teacher, it's all about working on yourself. It's always about trying to work on myself so I can be that best self for the client or the class or the students. Um, yeah, so that's that's so true. Absolutely, yeah. The uh, what what mm. we go through, the suffering, we grow from the suffering, but we resist it. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I guess what 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 we can find is often that people just don't know the how. How do I move away from this? And there is a saying that there's no that there is no feeling that we can't handle, but this can be very difficult in a very difficult time to see that, right? And that is part of the guidance of just being able to show people like there is a way and you you have got this. Um yeah. there are a couple of things I'd like to ask you based on your based on your story. Thank you so much for doing, you know, for sharing and for just jumping straight in there um for us. But 
Um, you mentioned that you, so you were a young mom and then you, you, you became a first time mom and your child had some problems. I mean, that is a very, that is a, a, a tricky time for a mom. And I, I, I'd love to, but I don't know. The reason why I get very intrigued with the stories from moms is, I don't know if you know this, but when I started my coaching, I specifically went out to coach moms um, because of, you know, everything that we do, things that we give up just to nurture and give and give, which we do, we've always done. But so I, I had this real passion for that and helping moms kind of reprioritize themselves and put them themselves first. So I know there's a lot of listeners here in our audience that that will be interesting to hear, interested in hearing a little bit of of your take, of your experience as a young mom. And when things doesn't go as planned, if you like, because everyone has this vision of what's going to happen when we have a baby and it's feel, it feels hopefully straightforward, which we know is, is, is a facade. It's a myth. But so tell me a little bit about you and finding your strength in that um, after having your first child. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely life changing and challenging and almost debilitating at times, to be honest with you, because like you said, there's this expectation that you have as a new mom and you have all these plans. There's actually a really cool story for moms with special needs children called about um, you know, going to Holland, like having a pregnancy is like planning your trip to Italy and you're all excited to see Rome and, you know, and it goes into the details of the beautiful things about Italy, but you're on the airplane, you know, ready to land and they tell you, oh, you're not going to Italy, you're going to Holland. And you're like, wait a second, I planned for Italy all this time, you know, and Holland isn't a bad place. So it's not like you're going to a bad place. You're going to another beautiful place. You just weren't expecting it, you know. So I love that story, you know, because they say you're, there's always part of you that's going to be a little bit disappointed that you missed Italy. And that that is true. Um, but you also appreciate Holland and the beautiful, you know, things that Holland has to offer. So, But that takes a long time to learn, especially in the moment. So when I first gave birth to my son, um, he had very, he had low muscle tone. And so they brought him to the NICU for testing. And that meant like tons of testing just to see this little baby get poked and prodded was torture. And, uh, right from that moment, um, I was, I could feel it in my body still. Like I can literally feel the stress of that baby, not, you know, knowing something's wrong. And I started looking on the internet and it was 23 years ago. So it was, archaic at that point, the internet, but um, right away, all you see is horror stories. <laughs> it's terrible. So you right away stop looking because you don't want to know, you know, that this could be the end of his life, you know? Um, so it just added to my anxiety. But I think the key thing and the problem too is as a young mom, you need to take care of this baby. You know, right away, it's all about the baby and not about you. So you're using every ounce of your mind, body, spirit to take care of the baby. And slowly you are becoming more and more depleted. And, um, and that's really what happened to me. I, I just, I, I was on, I, when I look back now and I've learned so much and have been on this journey, I realized that, you know, you go into the sympathetic nervous system is activated, the fight, flight, freeze part of your nervous system. And, and literally, I think I stayed there for years. I mean, my body was in this like mode. I mean, my son was having seizures at the time and I was still working full time. My, my sales team would say, when your phone rang and it was the babysitter, 
they felt like I was having a seizure. My whole body would like go into a convulsion, you know? And I'm like, I know. I was mm-hmm. living on this edge of stress and anxiety for years. And um, eventually it did take its toll on me. Like I have an autoimmune disease called Sjogren's syndrome. And I don't, I didn't understand, you know, the mind-body connection. I've read so much about that. I believe in that as well. Like Gabor Mate, I know Ruri did a, uh, a little talk or saw a talk with him. I love him. He's amazing. Um, just a lot of information about the body-mind connection. And I realize now when I look back, I go, living in that state for so many years uh, resulted in me having this uh, autoimmune thing. And so mm-hmm. this is something I just managed today. It's not something that's going to go away. Um, but I take way better care of myself. But that took a long time to learn, and I'm still learning it. Um, and I was so worried about mm-hmm. my son, you know. And um, and then I got pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. She was pretty typical at birth. So so I thought, oh, great. This is, um, you know, she doesn't have these same needs. But um 18 months into her life, she had a seizure, a couple of seizures. And uh, we, we ended up in the ER and the neurologist that we met there was super curious now because she said, if your son has this issue and now your daughter's having these seizures, she thought there was a tie-in. She said, there's something genetic going on. So that's what she started researching and she found out that they both have this very rare genetic disease. And uh, that was life crushing. Like I remember that too. I was happy in a way because my son was five years old now and I there was an answer. He was very delayed, very behind, mm. you know, and uh, he didn't walk till he was about 27 months old. He didn't talk till he was maybe five, um, even a few words, you know, and uh, I thought I felt like, oh, we have an answer. But my daughter, I thought was typical and uh, typically developing. Mm. And I found out that she has this, too. So. That's when I really, um, you know, had to find some kind of, you know, salvation, <laughs> some kind of self-care had to mm. kick in. And I started yoga. I also started a group, um, a group therapy. It's actually run by a coach and she's amazing. She's all about the emotional connection. And it was a group of uh, five or six women and buried. And it was once a month and she helped me tremendously like release from my body, all the stress and anxiety and the tension. I think the first year I went to that group, I probably just cried my eyes out every time. I don't even think I had anything to say. I probably just had to like release it out of my body, you know? So that was really uh, Mm. cathartic and helpful. And I'm still seeing her. It's like nine years now, I think. I'm still going to group once a month. (laughs) You gotta keep working on yourself. Some people go, I'm done. 100%. I'm always like, you're mm-hmm. done. I'm like, how, how are you done? You know, like, are you like, are you done getting checkups at the doctor? I'm like, I don't feel like we're ever done. You know, like it's, it's always a process and there's always new stuff that comes up. There's a new storm coming, you know, like I need help, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. And not being afraid to, to get help. Right. And, and uh, last week, my, uh, my last podcast, I named it ABC always be coached. And we all know that I'm, that we, that's really from um, always be closing from Glengarrig and Ross, but always be coached, ABC. And it's like the, the, the learning never stops. Like it, we are never fully learned, fully taught, or we can never learn too much. And, 
and I love I love coaching myself, but there's always something we can improve on. But I, I love I love there, but you know, about that that whole strength, the strength building with you know, the internal strength building going through that time as a mom. Because I mean you have two gorgeous kids. It doesn't matter, but like you said, your trip was different. And um, and so something I would like to check with I always talk to moms especially coaches who you know focus around women or moms and and who are moms is this this mom guilt that we all carry I call it this uh this ancient hand-me-down this oh you're gonna be a mom welcome to a world of feeling guilty and you're like huh what and then you become a mom and you're like huh I'm, you know, why do I feel guilty all the time? And I, and I still swear that this is something that we've just been handed down. Like, this is what you're going to feel like now. And you, you have this built-in guilt feeling that we always have, which com- comes and lives and breathes and, and kind of jumps on us out of the blue, right? So how was your experience going through all that, uh, you know, all of that growing with your, you know, coming to terms with everything that your, that your story was going to be different, that your motherhood was going to be different. I mean, amazing still, but different than what you had kind of expected. Um, what, what was your mom guilt like, guilt like? Was that something that you felt affected by as well? Or... <laughs> That's uh, that's just I have to giggle and keep giggling about that because that's huge, huge, um, especially as a working mom, you know, and I love my job. I really did. I, I got a lot of satisfaction out of my job. Um, I enjoyed it, but it was busy. I mean, I had travel. I was away from them. And um, and I'll tell you, on top of it, I have an old fashioned. I had my mom's past now, but she's an old fashioned Italian mom. You know, I mean, my grandparents were off the boat from Italy, never spoke English, lived in America for uh, 50 years, never spoke the language. But my mom was all about the Catholic guilt. I mean, and she would just, you know, kind of put the knife in. Oh, you have another business trip? That's too bad. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you know, really, mom? Like, I already feel bad. I already have that feeling. And um, how about, wow, that's really great that you have such a great job. You know, you make good money. You're satisfied. You you know, you get satisfaction. Out of that. I never got that. No, it was like, oh, you're poor children. Your parent, you have to travel. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I can still feel that. It's like, oh, that's just really hurts. You yeah. Know? Did you know that we offer loads more support? Yes, I'm talking about time with coaches, Zooms, meeting other people, locking eye to eye, meeting awesome OIMBers who are on the same inspiring journey as you. All of those things are available in AFM. We created AFM as a close, small community that is really there to help people master changing the relationship with alcohol. So if you're looking for a little bit more support, you want to meet more OYMBers, or you just want to take your alcohol-free journey to the next level, then check out oneyearnobeer.com forward slash AFM. And if you put in the discount code PODCAST10, capital letters, podcast 10 will get you 10% discount of joining AFM. So yeah, the guilt was huge. And, um, and so when you start taking care of yourself, 
you know, because now you're working. That was the whole issue, like all this working. And then when you come home, you're not allowed to like take care of yourself. You have to take care of your kids because you've been away working, you know? Um, and so that was the, that was my life working or taking care of the family. And so I finally found ways to take care of myself, but I had to feel the guilt. I had to do the things that were mm -hmm. important enough to me and say, um, I'm going to just carry this guilt. And it's funny you bring it up too, because Gabor Mate, I didn't hear this until recently, but like a year ago, I was listening to one of his podcasts and he was doing an audience, a speech in front of an audience. And he said, if you have a choice between guilt and resentment, choose guilt every single time. And I was like, what? <laughs> Mind blowing. You know, and I've repeated that so many times to clients because they're like, what? And then some of them are like, well, can I choose neither one? I don't want either of those. And I'm like, I know, but sometimes it's we have to choose, you know, and it's like, if I go to this party, you know, am I going to have, I feel guilty if I don't go because I feel like they're expecting me to show up. But if I say yes, then I'm there and I'm resenting them or I'm resenting the person that brought yeah. me or I'm resenting that it's going long. Like my sister's parties never end, you know? And I'm like, why am I resent? I'm resenting them because I am not willing to take care of myself. That's the reason I'm resenting. So instead of resentment, just leave or don't go and then just feel a little bit of guilt if you need, yeah. if you have to, and just, you know, carry that for a little while and then make friends with the guilt. That's, that's really what, you know, Gabor recommends, right? And make friends with the guilt. I'm like, okay. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that's a beautiful angle, actually. I'd, I'd actually never heard that, but that is just everything. I, it's like my coach always said, you know, better ask for forgiveness than ask for, ask for permission. Just just go. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, I'm like, I like that too. But I mean, yes. I, th this guilt thing, it just comes. And, and I, I often talk to talk to my clients about this. I mean, you know, everyone's got a theory of how it works, right? And I was like, you know, we, we when, when we kind of put on this plan, it meant you know they were out to conquer and win and you do all this stuff and we were like reproducing and caring for others that was kind of a thing and I was like well and then you know we as the years went past women are like oh the winning and conquering looks quite nice I quite fancy doing some <laughs> of that myself you know and the men and all the older generation they're like well who's gonna look after the kids and us they're like well no we can do that too because we're so keen to go out and do some conquering and winning we just like yeah, we'll do that too and then we went out and did that and then looked after the kids and then realized it was tough and then we went oh this is hard and guess who said well you could always quit or you could always come back this is not for you and we know that moms don't quit right we don't quit so off we went we've been fighting and doing and grinding and but also somewhere we've kind of forgotten to ask for help or forgotten to carve out time for ourselves and it's almost like we need to go and clay reclaim this and realize that we deserve time off we deserve to be pampered just as any but i think one thing that you relate like as as often as you know we just want our family to go could you want some alone time mommy rather than why are you not coming mommy why are you not coming and having all the fun with daddy i'm like because <laughs> 
And I always say, like, I have to do some housework. I have to, but I just want, instead of saying, I just want to be left alone for a little bit, actually, just to be alone. But I can't say that to the kids because they'll feel rejected. So I always say, like, I'm doing housework. So I know my kids are also thinking that, like, I'm doing so much hard housework instead of going (laughs) on these adventures with them. But it, it, but you see, like, it's sometimes we, we just have to claw our way into that self nurturing and, and, like looking after ourselves and yes, resist the guilt, right? And yes. just allow ourselves to just do something that like, brings joy to us, that sets our soul on fire. It's so important. And way too often I've heard with mom co- mouse coaching, they're like, well, I'm a mom now, you know, what I want isn't important. And so they're so far down the priority list themselves that, you know, it's, it's the kids, it's the husband, it's the family stuff, it's work, you know, friends and school assignment, all the stuff. And then like last on the list is themselves. By the time they get there, they're so exhausted. So they miss out repeatedly, right? And this is something that is so, so deeply ingrained into mom, mom's lives, right? And so this is just something like coaching. We're like, right, I have to like break them out of that pattern and get to put them first. First, right? Yes. I mean, everything you said is I so believe and resonate with. It's a mindset thing. And I mean, I know personally, and I can't speak for everyone, but you know, my mom was a horrible example. Like there was nothing, there was no modeling. There was no, nothing to learn from, from my mom. She sacrificed everything, you know, for her children, you know? And so you hate to even criticize that because she's so life-giving. But at the same time, you're like, Mom, you know what? The best thing my mother could have done for us was take care of herself. And she didn't, you know, she didn't. Mm. And so I try to, that's like sort of my my new mantra. Like, you know, you have, we have to change our mindset. Like self-care is not selfish. And like the best thing I can do for my kids is take care of me. Because if I show up mm. feeling calm, feeling peaceful, feeling rested, feeling strong, you know, um, I am the best, most patient mother ever, you know, and it's um, even a recent example, like in May, I went on a yoga retreat day, just all day Saturday, it's like a nine to eight, um, all day from morning to night. And there was a little part of me that still had that guilt, but I'm getting better at it. So it was only a tiny little like nugget. It wasn't a big piece. And I was like, no, I know I'm doing this for me. And so I spent the entire day at this yoga retreat. I was feeling awesome, drove home, felt great. And then the next day I took my kids um, to the city to go to the zoo. And they were fighting and irritating. And I was the calmest, most peaceful mom. I was impressed with myself. (laughs) And I was like, you know why? Because I had that day yesterday. To like prep myself and somebody on the huddle last night called it psychological armor i go yes that's what we have to do we have to take care of ourselves so that we're strong mind body and spirit and then when we show up wherever we show up whether it's with friends you know partners co-workers children we are our strongest selves so you know somebody else on the on the um, huddle the other day was talking about a massage and i go you know, in my mind, I automatically go like, oh, that's a luxury. I'm like, no, it's not a luxury. It could be a necessity. I need a massage every week or every month. That's part of my self-care that makes me feel good. And I'm going to make it happen. 
And, uh, you know, this lady that runs my group every month, she is off the charts, the most, um, I mean, the, the best self-care advocate, and she models it. Like, first and foremost, she models it incredibly. So I always, you know, I look at that, like, that's, she's part of, you know, what I learned from. I'm like, yes, we all have to try to be models for that um, because, and to your kids, like, if you said to your kids, you're kind of saying, I have housework to do, but really you want alone time. You know what? You might really be empowering them more by saying, mommy needs her alone time now. And you're actually yeah. training them then to ask for their alone time, you know, in their own space right now. Yeah. And then hopefully when they grow up, they'll know that like, no, sometimes we all need that, you know? Yeah, I'm no, it, it's so it. true. Yeah. We, we... Yeah, no, it's this, like we're always work in progress. It's that, you know, the fear of hurting our kids and making them feel not valued. But like sometimes I just go and close the door to my room and I'm like, mommy's alone time. Knock, knock, nope, mommy alone time. So now my nine-year-old actually has started going, mommy, can you look after Robin, who's seven and adores her big sister? And she goes, mommy, can you just hang out with Robin? I really need some alone time. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it's working. And she just wants a little bit of space. I need some space. And, and it's so beautiful. It's okay to just ask for what you need rather than to try and satisfy other people's needs because our needs matter right um and you mentioned you know in the beginning about meditation and i'm still going to go in with this because within our community of of in one year no beer you know we we talk about meditation a lot and how good it is to kind of connect to yourself and really calm your nervous system down and just find peace and just find your authentic self and all the stuff now, unfortunately, there's a lot of resistance for a lot of people when it comes to meditation because most most people think they can't do it, so they just won't even try. They or they try once and they go, "No, it's not for me." Um, so there's a lot of resistance to this, and so so a lot of people just go, "No, not for me. I have to find something different." Um, so within my coaching, I I started like, "Don't call. Let's call. Not, let's not call it meditation. Let's just call it like taking a moment and just breathing and just connecting with yourself." So you being so qualified within you know yoga meditation all this breath work can you maybe like give some tips for those who who might be feeling like it's not for me I can't do it thus I pretend it doesn't exist <laughs> and run away for it because we, we always try and tell people like it will help you um just like when the tech stuff wasn't working at the beginning of this call, I was freaking out. And my husband kept saying, you need to meditate. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know. <gasps> breathe, breathe, breathe. But so tell us a little bit, you know, what, what, what words of advice, I guess, would you like to leave our audience with when it comes to meditation and like getting into it and the benefits that might see, they might see, which might just entice them to give it another try, if you see mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah, I hear that a lot about, I can't do it. My mind is too busy. Um, and I giggle to myself because I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> Our minds, I think, have, what, 70,000 thoughts a day or some crazy number. And um, some of my meditation teachers that I love, like Pema Chodron, she's wonderful. Um, she's been meditating. She's a, 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 you know, a Buddhist monk, and she meditates five hours a day and for 30 years. And she goes, sometimes my mind stops a little bit and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I think going in with the expectation of like, this is going to slow down my mind is setting yourself up for failure because really your mind never really stops. It really doesn't um, until you're dead. So it's not going to yeah. stop. That's just the way it is. But the idea behind it is 
um, really to watch yourself. So, you know, in yoga, we call it the watcher. Um, and so come into your consciousness so that you could watch your thoughts, not be your thoughts, because you aren't your thoughts. You're not your emotions. You're, you're this consciousness, this like pure consciousness. So if we slow down for a moment and just breathe slowly and we start to watch our thoughts, then you're watching a movie. It's like you're watching your thoughts on a movie screen. And, and so you're not in it. It's not taking you over as much. And so that tiny bit of separation is going to give you a tiny bit of peace. But then as you practice, you know, and watch your thoughts more and more, you start to get a little more separation. And so you get a little bit more peace. And so you, when you find, when you start to find that peaceful place, you start to say, hey, I like this, even if it's for a millisecond. You know, sometimes I sit and meditate and it's tumultuous. It's just like, wow, that didn't really feel peaceful at all. But, you know, one of my teachers said, doesn't matter, just sit. Just set the timer and force yourself to sit. You know, it's kind of like working out. I mean, I don't know that many people that I really love working out. <laughs> I like the feeling after a workout, but in the middle of like lifting weights or something, it's not fun, you know? so. Same thing with sitting, with meditation. It's sometimes it's really not fun, but, you know, five minutes a day can make a difference, which, and I'm guilty. Like years ago when I first started this, my teacher would say five minutes a day and I'd be like, I don't know if I have time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I have five minutes a day. I literally thought that. I thought that was like a logical answer. Um, now I realize like five minutes, really? You don't have five minutes? So, you know, five, but five minutes can really help. Or, you know, we work at our computers for hours. I mean, three minute break once an hour of just like silence or walking away or even a walking meditation. If you can't sit, you're too, you know, AD, ADD or something. Um, or you just, your body needs to move. Sometimes your body needs to move. So just do a walking meditation, you know, take a walk and just try to watch the breath. You know, the idea is watching the breath. And the whole idea is to just quiet the mind a little bit. And then the other part of this is what am I feeling? You know, because we are, humans are very reactive. We don't pause to notice what we're feeling. We're actually in reaction to our feelings. So, you know, we might come home from work and we're really frustrated with like maybe a lot of stuff that's in our minds and bodies. And, and so maybe the house isn't clean or there's like mud on, uh, you know, on the floor or whatever is happening in the household that kind of irritates you. And instead of pausing and saying, I feel a little irritated that the house is a mess right now. We go into reaction, ah! start yelling at the kids or our spouse or getting frustrated or slamming doors. And so, you know, now we're in reaction rather than in touch with our emotions so I really believe in meditation to helping slow us down you know even the news like with COVID and all the controversy that happened over the last two years and that's still going on you know there's this overwhelming feeling that people are just so frustrated and you know miserable and depressed and um, and when you're feeling that overwhelm I feel like the only answer is meditation and that's where we might go for, you know, people want to have a drink. You know, they say people were drinking a lot more during COVID and during these mm. crises. I, absolutely, because we we feel that stress and we want to kill it. We want to numb it. 
So we go for alcohol mm. and really the answer is like quieting our, our minds down and our bodies down for a moment, just feeling it, let it, mm. let it come. Don't make it bigger than it is. Don't make it smaller. Just be with it. You know, we want to push it away or push it down and not feel it. Or we want to scream at someone. We want to go on social media and start, you know, ranting and raving. You're just building the mountain bigger and bigger, yeah. you know? Um, so I sure. think meditation, you know, start really small and slow, lower the expectation. Don't think this is going to quiet my mind going in with like, I know I'll probably barely find peace in this five minutes, but I'm going to sit anyway, I think is the best mindset to go into it with. That's great. I mean, just taking that time, you know, just giving yourself a little bit of time, buy yourself some time. And I also hear this like, oh, I don't have, I don't think I can do it. I can't, I haven't found any time to do my meditation, daily meditation. <laughs> Like, I'm just so busy. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is just like procrastinating. You're trying to tell yourself because you're resist. There's a resistance there, right? But yeah. people can't. And I, I guess also, like you mentioned, you know, but people would just reach for the alcohol when they feel stressed because there are two things. A, it's a bit of numbing, but also it's that dopamine hit that like, oh, feeling really good. I feel really good. And that is that dopamine that comes with alcohol is the dopamine that same dopamine you get. You know, the dopamine goes crazy when it comes to social media, all of the stuff that really are detrimental to to our mind. Right. And so if we can just instead of reaching for that phone and like checking for another like or reaching for that glass just take five minutes gift yourself this, those five minutes i mean let's be honest five minutes in the in the realm of how much time we would spend on social media is nothing is nothing really right so right. gift ourselves those five minutes of just either meditating or just sitting with ourselves and just watch our thoughts for the five minutes that's just amazing isn't it yes that's really well said i, I think i totally agree with that and and you're right like just you know, taking that time, it's only five minutes, but to say like, I need to walk away and take five minutes. I need to, you know, that's the hard part, the resistance that that's is that little resistance and noticing that, right. Noticing, mm. wow, you know, I need to, you know, we're even my daughter, she wants to watch a show. Let's go watch a movie tonight. And I'm like, okay, how about I tell her I need five minutes. It's not, I'm sure, you know, yeah, I'm not sure she'll be happy with it, yeah. but but I need to take the five minutes. That's the hardest part right there. I need the five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I need the five minutes. And I, 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 I deserve it. I think that's a lot of stuff, like not just moms, but dads, or not just moms or dads, humans in general. Like we need to look after our own needs. We've become very good at looking after other people's needs. Hence, you know, people pleasing and all that stuff. And I love what you said there in the beginning of like, you know, uh, the the guilt or resentment and that comes to people pleasing as well like if you're saying yes and you're going to feel resentful then you've chosen wrong again that you're choosing yeah. for them and then you're going to be resentful either towards life or towards them and I thought that was so beautifully said um, and and that people pleasing that's that part like no like is, is this going to meet your need or is this someone else's needs sometimes we, we need to like if someone is in, in dire straits we need to help out and we want to help out being of yes. service is great right I love being of service but it's yeah. when you're slicing off pieces of yourself every time when you're spreading yourself thin that's when we get in and we within that realm of trying so hard to satisfy everyone family and all that and we're so far down the line in order to put ourselves first we're gonna have to start saying no 
and we don't have to justify. I feel that a lot of the times it's like, no, I can't, I'm so sorry, I can't do it because this and this and this. And we feel like justify, especially women, yeah. especially moms. And yes. I think if we just sometimes like, no, that's not going to work or no, sorry, you don't have to say sorry, but like, no, that won't work for me. Can't help rather than feeling like we need to add, add like a, like a side paper. <laughs> <laughs> of description of why we can't right that is so true that that's been yeah. a lot of work that took me years the power of no exactly but you're right like sometimes we do want to help yes. out or we do want to show up because we feel obligated but then i ask myself okay i don't want to not go but how can i do this and still take care of myself how can i still do this and yes. you know so you know even it's similar to you know pre-planning of course you know um, pre-planning. How do I, I'll stay for a shorter mm. amount of time. I'll, you know, bring my own beverage um, or food or whatever it is. Cause I might not like what's, what's offered um, or whatever it looks like. Like how can I still go and do this and do it so that I'm still caring for myself? Because ultimately that taking care of me or that five minutes is actually a gift to the person you're spending time with because you end up showing up in your authenticity. And there's nothing like, you know, I have friends that say yes all the time. They say yes at, to a fault. And mm. I stop asking them because I feel that energy of like, they're there, but they don't want to be there. Do you ever feel that? Like, mm. I know she came, but she really didn't want yeah. to. And then you're like, I don't enjoy your company yeah. when I know you really don't want to be here. You know, your company is, I like your company better when you're really in taking care of yourself you know so it's like interesting you know my mother-in-law was great at it you know oh, for sure and and that was unusual for me my mother was horrible she would do every anytime I asked her to watch the kids she would say yes even if she didn't want to you know and she would show up at every event yeah. and everything and sometimes she had a look on her face that all she wanted to do was get out of there uh, my mother-in-law didn't she would say no I'm sorry we're going away I can't do that and I'm like, okay. And sometimes I would be like a little annoyed, but I got over it. And in the end, I'm like, wow. I, and when she showed up, she showed up with bells on, you know, she wanted to be there. You knew it. And yeah. it was beautiful and pleasurable yeah. to be with her because of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, so she was, she was standing for her own greatness. You know, she's like, this, this is who I am. She's authentic. And, you know, and that's definitely something to live by and to be inspired by for sure. I love that. I feel like I could sit and talk to you for like hours and hours. I swear that maybe we should do that one day. Um, okay. I'll come over and see you. But um, but <laughs> I wanted to see it. So uh, looking after looking at the uh, our audience here listening today, uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about women and mom, which wasn't planned, but it kind of just happened. And I make the most out of it because I, I always feel like the, the empowerment of moms, any age, you know, I get a lot of people get in touch saying, you know, I have grown up kids. I, you know, do, could you coach me? I'm like, no, no, like it's, it's, it's all moms, whatever we've gone through, because it never stops. Right. But, um, but I would say that it's, you know, messages out to everyone who isn't a mom, who is a, who is a man, and everyone is, is, you know, listening to this podcast. And I want, want to just give, give a nugget of like, you get a lot of nuggets, by the way, of wisdom and, and support here for them. But moving forward, let's say, in people who are sitting and you know considering going alcohol free or maybe on one of our um, alcohol free 
journeys already, uh, people who are a little bit worried about how it works and stuff and how to start. And, uh, what what word or words of wisdom do you have to to our audience who are, you know, maybe looking for a little bit of guidance, who are looking for, to maybe get some help with a decision, whether this might be for them, taking a break is for them, um, and whether joining a community in, in a community form is something because it can be quite scary. You're putting yourself out there, being quite vulnerable, right? But what what words of wisdom do you have for them? Uh, well, I always say this is a journey of self-discovery. You know, that's really what it is. And, uh, and the idea to quiet the mind a little bit, you know, to start to watch your thoughts and then not be afraid to feel your feelings. You know, identify them first because I think a lot of times we're not even aware. So awareness is probably 90% of it. Um, oh, you know, why am I doing what I do? Why am I grabbing that drink at certain times in certain places? And why do I feel like I need it? And so you start to learn about yourself, you know, and, and then the, the feelings come up, you know, a lot of people say, you know, and then I had a blip during, you know, this happened in my life. And it's usually something, you know, not so good, um, or stress or, and so, okay, so it was the stress and the feeling. It's, it's oftentimes this emotional journey that leads us to bad behavior, bad habits. And, 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 um, and so start to go into it. You know, we're always running away from bad feelings. And we've been taught that a lot. Like, don't be sad. Don't be scared. Don't be angry. You know, we're always trying to suppress that. And I mean, I think a lot of us were raised that way. And those emotions are sort of thought of as negative. Um, but if we learn to embrace our feelings and our emotions, it's amazing in those pauses before we go to you know grab a drink, we take a breath and we go, I'm, I'm feeling blank and you fill in the blank and, and you say, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety or I'm feeling anger because, and I really get into the feeling of it. All of a sudden at one point, you really don't want to drink anymore. You're not white knuckling it anymore. You're really enjoying learning about yourself and feeling your own feelings. So there's this, it takes practice for sure, but because we're so habitual, but we have to form new habits. And the only way to do that is baby steps one day at a time. And I think this program's amazing. I mean, there's so many resources on the website. I love the podcast. The videos are amazing. The authors, the eBooks, um, you know, worries every day, you know, every day you get a little inspiration um, and then community, you know, I mm. mean, really community is a core mm. value for a very, for most humans. You know, there's something about community that we, we need. It's like part of our well being. So there's nothing like being seen yeah. and sharing to really like, get it out of your body, you know, share, you know, it's like, I have a client that had a lot of trauma, you know, she actually attends AA and uh, she had a very traumatic childhood and it took her years and two years at AA meetings before she finally shared her trauma story. And I can't even tell you how her world has opened up since she just shared. And now she's continuing mm. to share. It like she opened the gates and it's like she's yeah. releasing like her she's she's taking the weight off her inner child like she's literally freeing her inner child it's mm. 
it's so beautiful, you know, and you see that in these groups. It's like it happens in baby steps and at your own pace. You don't have to share when you first come on. You could just listen in, you know, get used to the environment. Um, you know, you do you. Everybody does it their way. It's there's no requirements. Um, but I think the journey yeah. is um, it's really all about self-discovery and and, you know, getting in touch with your feelings, allowing for them and um and then the healing happens. It's really quite remarkable. Oh, I love this other saying. It's they say shame only grows in the dark. You know, and that's yes, like, love that. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, because when you can share it, it stops mm. growing. You know, it's like that Eckhart Tolle um, say, but he said uh, ego and awareness can't coexist. Um, and I love that saying as well. And so the more we kind of draw awareness to how we feel and, our, our, you know, the thoughts that goes around our mind and how we're wired, I think it's, you know, the more we can grow. And I mean, what what's so great also, not, you know, about our program, about, about especially about our AFM uh, program, where, where you mentioned these huddles. And the huddles are basically just these group calls that you can jump on. And we have a lot of them through throughout the week. And there are... I think there are six different coaches throughout the week for radically different time zones where where the members can just jump on. So they're not left to their own devices. There's a community where they can chat, just writing stuff. But there's also, if they have specific things going on, there's always one of these huddle meets where they can just jump on and, and be heard and, and get some coaching on this one, which is, I think, why what, why our, this program is so unique is because it's not just like, okay, see and you know, clause so-and-so, go and read for yourself. You can actually get face-to-face -face help with whatever query that you have. And I, I think that that's so amazing. I, I can really see how people grow from that because they get these tools and these thoughts to kind of walk away with. And then they come back next time. You can really see how what's opened up for them during this time. So I do love the huddles. You guys, yes. um, you should, if you if you haven't checked out One Year No Beer, if you've been one of, listening to us for a while, I would recommend that you sign up and come and join us um, in One Year No Beer. And AFM is where we have these huddles where you can find Michelle, the lovely, lovely, amazing wife, Michelle, myself, and many other coaches who are just here to serve you and nurture you and help you show you how to transform your life, basically. That's not something we do for you. That is something we give you some help and some guidance and some tools. Uh, one of the things that my quote, a quote that I'm left with from one of my coaches uh, was, you only have to be one step ahead of someone on a dark, dark path to help them guide them the, the way, right? We don't, we don't have all the answers, but we try and find them with you, whatever it goes on personally. I love that. That's Michelle, beautiful. it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much um, you. for coming on today and sharing your incredible story and your empowering um, words. Um, I can't wait to connect with you soon again. And uh, we'll do a follow-up podcast soon, I think. And we'll find right. some other themes that we, we can empower more because you've got a lot of wisdom in there. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks so much. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Jen Fairburns on the OYB podcast, and I will be back with you next time. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact. 
by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below. Thank you.